0: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the truly difficult things for modern-day Christians is to maintain a balance between living in the present and keeping a focus on the ultimate, on the end goal of this life. That is the final victory of resurrection life in heaven for all eternity with God. We live in a world that is so focused on the importance of the, the present moment and, and enjoying uh, the things of this life and that is, has a, almost a, a blatant disregard or a, a lack of care or concern about the future, especially what lies beyond this life. And because of, of that uh, surrounding society and, and the, the ideas of this world in which we live, very easy for us Christians to be threatened to take our eyes off of that goal of eternal life in heaven. But it is that ultimate goal that gives our our lives a stabilizing effect. Without that goal of of eternal life in heaven, we not only flounder and, and wander in the present, but we ultimately lose sight of that end goal too. And so our sermon text today from Matthew chapter 16 provides tremendous help so that we won't miss the ultimate goal of our lives nor bypass the present moments either. Indeed, no matter what we might be faced with between now and whenever we reach that goal, we can make it through and receive the goal of eternal life. Of a perfect life eternal future with resurrected, glorified bodies, seeing our God and Savior face to face. Think about the drama that we see portrayed in our reading. It's a pivotal point in the life of Jesus' disciples as they were being equipped by Jesus to be the founders of a whole new kind of people in the world, of the Christian church. Day after day, they had been with Jesus, their their master and teacher, learning by by listening and by watching what he did and and what he said, but they had a problem, as as we see uh, revealing itself in our text, that they seemingly were envisioning a utopia, a paradise here on earth, a life with Jesus where all of their needs were met, a life free of all of this world's problems. After all, Jesus had been able to feed them and and thousands more people to the full when they were hungry, miraculously, from just a very small amount of food that was just enough for one boy's lunch. And they'd been been witness to, to Jesus seemingly able to heal any disease, any sickness, any disability, any demon possession of anyone who came before him. And so what safety and security they must have envisioned for themselves. Spiritually, of course, they felt close to God. Doubts, struggles, guilt, even inner emptiness and, and gnawing feelings within themselves were all gone. Their life felt fulfilled. The Messiah was among them. Could anything be better in life and what they were experiencing right at that moment and so with their eyes focused on the now on the moment of the day everything seemed good now let's not any let's not think about anything beyond this present moment they must have been thinking have you ever been in such a situation Have things been going so well for you at some point in your life that you don't even want to think about anything beyond that present moment where everything is going well. Suffering, death, loss of of investment or or business, let alone eternity, must be blanked out of the mind so that you can fully enjoy that blissful present moment. Peter's problems seem to be similar was caught up in the bliss of a smooth life and for Jesus to mention that the future held suffering and death was more than he wanted to face oh no Lord don't don't think that way God forbid it that will never happen to you Jesus you have the power to prevent all of that for Peter anything other than the joys of the moment had to be studiously avoided And for us, when things are going well, like Peter, the present moment is all-important. Or there may be an entirely different problem in your life. Maybe your life is anything but a utopia. Perhaps you're so caught up in, in sickness or trauma in life that you see no end to it. Maybe you feel overwhelmed with grief or loss. Maybe your your family is is seemingly falling apart with problems. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel jilted. Maybe you feel out of place in in your your society and surroundings. Or whatever your struggle, feeling life as a life or death situation, you find yourself unable to have hope. Unable to see a, a brighter day ahead. Unable to figure out how in the world anything good could come out of all of this mess that you seem to be facing. Another possibility with Peter in our text is that he got so caught up in the first words of Jesus about having to suffer many things and then to be killed that he he maybe didn't even really hear or it didn't even really register when Jesus told him that the ultimate end Would be his rising back to life on the third day after his death peter's vision was blocked his his hearing was blocked he couldn't see beyond today into tomorrow he couldn't see the ultimate end the glory that was awaiting jesus because the immediate was so important to him the thought of suffering stopped him in his tracks the mention of death overwhelmed him and shut him down. It left him without hope. And so he denied the possibility of hope. Anything but death, he said. Well, Jesus' strong retort to Peter shows how contrary this type of thinking is to the plan of God. Jesus had only once before used such strong language. If you recall, it was to Satan himself who in those wilderness temptations of Jesus tried to get Jesus to focus on the necessities of the moment, bread for his hungry stomach, and a a crowd of people for a would-be rabbi and preacher. Too strong of a focus on the present moment may bypass the plan of God and the ultimate goal that he wants to give. So Jesus could not accept the offer of Satan to have the whole world without any of the suffering. It bypassed the plan of God that included many days of suffering and even death on the cross before getting the glory of the world. And So Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Peter. Or anyone else who refuses to accept the present in light of the ultimate goal. Only he who focuses on the ultimate goal and lives with the present as part of God's good and gracious plan will receive and accomplish what needs to be done now and still get to the goal that he wants to go to. Think about it if you've ever had a a large lawn to mow. If you just look at the ground right in front of your mower, you'll have a hard time actually mowing a a very straight line. But if you look at a point ahead down there at the end of the lawn, then it's much easier to keep the mower going in a straight line. And the same is true, of course, for smooth driving as well. If you're just looking a few feet in front of the car, you'll end up being a a rather jerky and and, uh, uncomfortable driver for the passengers in your vehicle. But if you look down the road, Aways, then you'll end up being a much smoother and, and safer driver as well. It's a very important lesson for us to learn spiritually as well. If we focus only on the joys or the sorrows of the present moment, we may not only end up with a wandering path through life, but we may actually tragically lose the end goal of heaven altogether. We may fall in love with the carefree living and the sinful pleasures of this world, avoid responsibility, and take shortcuts through the painful encounters of life, and so forget God and actually lose faith in God. Focusing exclusively on the day-by-day happenings of life leads to one disaster after another. Too heavy a focus on the moments you've, you've failed your child, for example, that you've failed in your parenting, may destroy your joy of being a parent. It may lead you to greatly modify your behavior as a parent or your discipline habits, for example, one way or another, and, and can lead to ruining your child's life and your relationship with your child. Too heavy a focus on the present moment suffering and pain may cause loss of faith in God's love and care. Too close of a focus on the fun for the moment may lead to destructive, sinful pleasures that are exciting but that ultimately crush and destroy our faith and and bring harm and damage to ourselves. This focus is what contributes to an attitude of so many people who say, who cares what may happen later? It's what's happening right now that's important. Enjoy the present moment. The danger of that attitude is why Jesus spoke so sharply to Peter. Your eternal life is at stake, Jesus is saying. Taking a careful analysis of this matter makes clear why Jesus spoke so harshly to Peter. Peter's focus was extremely self-centered. It's the preoccupation with what pleases oneself and what's going on in my life now. It's the centering of one's life on one's own desires and pleasures. The focus is not on how can I live out this moment in love for my brother or sister in faith and and so bring blessings to them. It's how can I live my life in the fullest for me, for my sensual and emotion-craving self. And therein lies the real problem. Such concentration on self causes us to become our own gods, our own objects of worship, ultimate dictators of our own destinies, and shuts off the merciful intervention of God who wants us to bring, who wants to use us to bring blessings to others. The truth of Jesus' words in verse 25 Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it is evident. Not only is this true in the day-by-day events of life, but ultimately of eternal life itself. Daily concern with self makes a person their own God, and so loses God's redemptive plan. And in the meantime, even the moment becomes twisted, distorted, and ruined by self-centeredness. Where then is hope? What is the solution so that we don't miss our ultimate goal of eternal life with God in heaven? Well, we find much good news for us in this text. First, we find our Lord Jesus himself as a substitute for us. Not dodging this event nor the immediate future, but with clear vision, marching forward toward Jerusalem, toward the suffering, and even toward the the humiliating death on a cross that he knew lay before him. Because he had each moment of every day anchored in the ultimate, in that third day experience of rising from the dead, in the glory that was his, and in the goal of salvation of each person of the world, of you. And me. He is our substitute. In so many ways, He carries out our life for us. And there is so much more. The concern of Jesus to to straighten out the warped perspective of the life of Peter and, and of the other disciples also is good news for us. God is concerned that Peter doesn't go around with a destructive thinking about life that that life is just all about blessings now and avoidance of of all pain and suffering, God is concerned that that Peter and the other disciples have a correct perspective on life. And so instead of just passing over this incident, Jesus stops and he turns specifically to Peter and he confronts Peter, even though it seems rather harshly, but he confronts him in love in order to clarify the truth about life. As if to say, Peter, if you want to gain true life, you must be willing to lose what you think of as the joys of this life now. Life cannot be holed up, preserved, and and kept just the way you want it. Real life is gained only by giving it away. By being willing to give up this life and the, the sinful pleasures especially of this world. And as Jesus was concerned enough not to let Peter continue in that destructive thinking about life, so he is concerned enough about each one of us to help us today to change our thinking. He caused this very incident to be recorded in the Bible so that we today can be called to look beyond the present moment in our own lives, whether it's good or bad from our perspective and to look again at each moment in the light of eternity, in the light of God's promise of our own resurrection from the dead and and that perfect future with him in heaven. Still further, we find good news even in Jesus' rebuke of Peter when he says to Peter, you are not thinking the things of God, but the things of men. This rebuke tells us that when we do look beyond the present moment's pleasures or pain, look at them in the light of eternity, then we're thinking God's thoughts and God's interests. But mostly the, the good news that we find here in this text relates to the one who speaks in this text. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The good news for us is Jesus himself. It's not that he gives us some new rules to follow in order to earn our own eternal salvation. It's rather that he gives himself as the one who, in the very yielding of himself, fills that vacuum with his own presence. The one who kept both the present and the end result in focus as the one who has come into us in love, to live in us, And to rule in our lives and as the apostle paul points out in colossians chapter 1 christ is in you he is the hope of glory he who lives in you is he who saw beyond the moments ahead of suffering and death to the glory of resurrection he knew that ultimately obedience to god in the day-to-day occurrences of life would lead to the whole world being given to him as the reward for his victory. And so he kept his eyes on that victory. And he won. He won in that battle over death and sin and Satan and hell. And then he gave his victory to us. In Galatians chapter 3, God tells us, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. We have received, and and all the blessings that Christ won for us intimately become ours, the forgiveness of all of our sins and eternal life that will never die. It is this Jesus who now lives daily in you, causing you to be able to look beyond the moment, the present moment that you face, whether it's good or bad, and to look to the destiny of eternity in heaven. It's Jesus who empowers you to lose your self-concern, to refuse to focus on yourself, to cease being your own God and, and the manipulator of your own destiny. It is he who allows you to live in him. And then the moments of each day are received as a gift from God who is drawing you ultimately to himself. The opportunities and the disappointments all take on meaning toward that eternal future with God. It's this kind of living that Jesus offers us here in our text. We can lose life for his sake and so ultimately find true life. We can follow him. We can look suffering right in the eye or take the beauty of the day in stride and not deny either one. We can live day by day with the ultimate in focus, eternal life in heaven. We can, because Jesus lives in us. Amen.